Welcome to the Christian Podcast, the Christian Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I am your host, Shane, here with my brother. I know we haven't introduced our guest yet, but now our guest knows because <laughs> she was watching like, wait, this is how you think of it? And you're like, yeah, let me think. And then, yeah, please, silence. And he moves his mic like that's going to matter at the end. <laughs> In my post-production doesn't change it at all. <laughs> Anyways. Hey, everybody. We have a guest with us today. And uh, this is a person that I've talked about on the podcast before. A good friend of mine. My executive pastor at City on a Hill Community Church. The best church in the state of Maryland. Chill. <laughs> <laughs> pastor Lene Ross. Lene, say hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Welcome, Lene. L- Lene does all the hard work for um, City on a Hill for sure. Absolutely. Lene, you know Mike struggle then with his podcast because I do all the horror for this oh, podcast yes. and we change the face. <laughs> yeah. So I you get it. I'm the face. Oh gosh. If you say the face one more <laughs> what time. What does that say about my face? Yeah, what is that what are you trying to say about us, Shane? Uh, huh? I see I yeah. can make fun of yeah. face. This is perfect. I'm not going to make anything fun you of say Lene's to me face. is is kind of saying it to her now for this podcast. <laughs> Wait a minute. So good luck. But it's true, Lene is the driving force behind City on a Hill, and I've said this at our church all the time. She's shaking her head no, but it's the truth. It is truth. I, and, I know that too. And, uh, and Lene, can you give us some insight as to, as to what it's like to work for me? <laughs> <laughs> Be honest. That's not a loaded question. Be honest. He won't fire you. Oh, no. Nope. He can't. And if he does, you have a job at Impact right away. <laughs> so, so just well, know, you have leverage. Right. Uh-huh. Working for Shane. Yeah. Um, it's fun. <laughs> That's right. It's, it's entertaining. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I've definitely had to develop a thick skin. Yeah. We- uh, you won't survive with a Valenstein without one, so <laughs> there's true. that. That's so true. How was it at first working with Shane? Like, before, like you would, would he just like make jokes at like... When we started City on a Hill, we didn't really know each other at all. We oh, were wow. both attending Crossroads, yeah. But we and we had we knew who each other were, but we didn't have any sort of relationship. And then when she heard about Church Plant, Lene came to me and talked to me. Right. And then ever since then, so we were learning who each other were, yeah, through the Church Planting process. But sorry, you go you go ahead and answer that, Lene. <laughs> <laughs> How else was it for me, Shane? <laughs> yeah, and also, yeah, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I I know some people when they first meet Shane and I. Um, we're very sarcastic mm-hmm. and some of our humor. Um, if we know you really well and really comfortable, then we're right. then it can come across as some would say mean, but we think it's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so um, we have a good friend of ours named Jesse who like will be like, yeah. oh, don't say that about that person. Yes, Jesse's Jesse's my person. Yeah. yeah. So so you'll hear <laughs> Shane say some jokes about people and then not yes. not enjoy it. As I'm much. like his conscience. I'm like his Jiminy Cricket. <laughs> That was pretty much from day one. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know. I feel like Shane and I clicked into each other's personalities mm-hmm. pretty fast. Yeah. So I think you probably meeting two, you were like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a soft heart. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a very loving heart. Yeah. <laughs> as, as pastors, though, you have to be, you can't just be like, well, I'm sarcastic and mean all right. the time because right. <laughs> not everyone needs that not, so. not just as pastors as human beings yeah right yeah. we should right. be that way yeah. yeah and take into account another person's personality but yeah but yeah but we wanted to have Lene on the podcast with us because as I already said Lene is the executive pastor at City on the Hill is that allowed <laughs> 
Big P pastor <laughs> at City on the Hill. Wait, you're the cho- you had to be the children's pastor, right? Nope, I, I just, what? just corrected someone yesterday that's oh. known yesterday? me for a Did while. You? Yeah. I didn't yeah. hear this. They're like, so you're with the children, right? No, you, ha- no, you have not. to be right. Yeah, which is which is not a cut on any women who do serve as women pastors yeah. Yeah. or as children's pastors. Yeah, but because our children's pastor is a woman. Yeah. Yes, right. But there's often the assumption that if you're a woman in ministry, that that is the area in which you serve. Yeah. Right, right, right. So tell us some of your experience when you you officially became a a female pastor. What were some of the things, the good things and the bad things that you experienced throughout your, your career so far? Hmm. Um, I think, you know, just as far as the difficulties, and Shane and I have talked about this pretty extensively, that people often react to my leadership in a, in a different way than they do with his. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where Shane might, you know, give a direction or provide some insight on something and people are like, all right, great. You know, and they'll walk away. I, I might encounter more resistance mm-hmm. um, or just straight up disagreement. Um, I've had people who, even though they're under my direct leadership, they'll go straight to him instead. Yeah. And that's something that we've had to navigate, you know, Shane gently saying, okay, well, Pastor Lene is the one who, who oversees this. So if you could go talk to her, yeah. um, I, I would say that's my biggest struggle. And I think a lot of times people don't even realize that they're reacting to my leadership differently than they're reacting to Shane's. So yeah. for me to be able to handle that patiently yeah. and not knowing, not, not automatically assuming that people are doing it, um, with any sort of bad intent. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side, I'd say the best part about it is, you know, I, every time I preach, I, I always have um, a young woman, sometimes girls who will come up to me and say, I've never seen a woman preach before, yeah. or, or just say, I just really love seeing a woman up there and yeah. hearing a woman's voice from the pulpit. So just knowing that when I'm up there, it, it, it means something to someone. Yeah. Um, and, and not just the women or the girls in the congregation um, is a real encouragement and motivator to me. Do you think some of the some of that is just because you're a staff pastor, or is it you maybe a mix of it of like when people are would go to Shane instead? Right, right. Because I have people come to me instead of going to Frank a lot. Right, and right. So is is some of it that, or I mean, it may, maybe. Oh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, really I'm, sure, I'm sure it is. Um, it's just yeah. typical staff dynamics. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, we're also a younger staff as well, so. Um, I think that's a that's an element of it as yeah. well. So yeah, no, I, I absolutely don't think it's always yeah. gender, and I and I think you have to be careful as a woman in ministry to not lead with that mm-hmm. and assume that, like I said, right out of the gate. And I've had at our church, and you probably probably have even more examples, but I've had I, there's one example we're so new where someone came and they just saw a sign and showed up and were asking all these questions, and Michelle, our Canaan outreach pastor, mm-hmm. was preaching that day. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, yeah, so just, yeah. And I it got brought up that, oh, yeah, um, we have our current outreach pastor preaching. She's mm-hmm. really good. He went, it's a woman. And I said, yes. Mm-hmm. He went, oh. And then the second it was over, he ran out. Yeah. Like, gone. Right. And it was so clear. When I said that, he shut up, shut off. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised he even stayed at that point. Right. And he was so quick where I never have to worry about that. As, yeah. As, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I, we've experienced it in five months. What have you guys yeah. experienced? What have you experienced Absolutely. so far when already? We, when we planted, and I, I know that I've told I told you this later. I don't remember if I told you it when you did preach, but the first time that you preached at mm-hmm. City on a Hill, when we first launched, we had people um, who who said, "Oh, I'm not coming if if a, if a woman is going to preach." And the uh, someone who was towing our trailer was mm-hmm. like, "I'm not comfortable." And that week, like they were supposed to bring our trailer that week, and 
they they, they refused. They to? refused. Oh, my so oh I, I didn't realize that. That was the first. Wow. Yeah. So I was in a pinch, and I had to like find. So, and and he was actually towing our trailer every week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, okay. Well, I need to figure this out. Yeah. And um and I'm sure that there were other things involved, not just not just Lene, but yeah. It, and and we came from. Um, Crossroads, which we've talked about before. We had Pastor Kevin on a few weeks ago who was pastor at Crossroads, which mm-hmm. is a Nazarene church right. who also believes in women in ministry and women pastors. So it was uh, surprising to to us right. because we came from a church and everyone who came with us from that church, mm-hmm. there were women pastors there. Right. But no, I guess that but at, at, at Crossroads, there weren't any women pastors besides worship leader and that children's pre- that pastor. That preached. Right. That preach just because now there are there, just, just there wasn't. Yeah, time. it wasn't because they intentionally didn't. It just that was just the dynamics of the staff at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I get. I don't know if they just didn't know or if they, if it just didn't come come up to them or what. Right. But uh, did I tell you that when that when that first happened? I remember finding out about it after the fact. Yeah, yeah I didn't I, want to I, tell I, you yeah, when you were preaching. I was going to gonna say at the time. I'm glad you didn't tell me. Um, so how yeah. how do you what do you do when the, when you hear that kind of stuff? And how do you react and, and still keep moving forward right. during that? I mean, I, I've been blessed in that I've, I've always felt, as soon as I realized I had a calling to ministry and that was very clear to me, I haven't doubted it. Mm-hmm. So I haven't met any sort of resistance or challenges where I, you know, had, you know, I was sitting in my dining room in the middle of the night wondering like, wait a minute, yeah, you know, is this really God or what is this? Um, you know, but early on, I remember, you know, I remember finding out about what you're talking about mm-hmm. afterwards and just... You know, it just kind of shakes you up. It's hard enough as it is. And it should be noted, you know, for people who are listening, that this was my very first mm-hmm. pastoral position ever. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it wasn't just being a woman in ministry. It was everything that was yeah. brand new. Um, so, you know, I, I just remember feeling just kind of shaken up and, and having to... And Shane knows early on, mm-hmm. it's difficult for me to just kind of power through, mm-hmm. power through that. Now... If, if honestly, it just kind of motivates me. Yeah. Um, and that's just a testimony to what God has done through City yeah. on a Hill. Um, and not just through me, we have two other women on staff now. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, uh, well, it was me and we had our children's pastor at the time, but we've had two more women who have responded to calls to ministry. And uh, we have a lot of strong women leaders in our group. So when I find out that someone's just like, eh, I'm yeah. like, well, God has worked through this mm-hmm. and, and what it looks like at our church. So, yeah. so what are things that you think, and not necessarily City on the Hill specifically, but what are things that you think churches who do believe in women pastors and women in ministry, what can those churches do to better support women? Well, I I think you do a pretty good job of this in that, you know, you were talking about at Crossroads and how we had someone come from Crossroads, and Mm -hmm. this is the guy that you talked about that left when you realized that I would be preaching. And I think, you know, even in traditions where women are... Um, affirmed in ministry and are allowed to be ordained and, and do that, that sometimes we can assume that everybody knows. And like mm-hmm. you were saying, like, maybe they don't know. Um, so to to preach a sermon or to talk about it from the pulpit once every couple years, it just isn't enough. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, we're not even talking about the people who are coming to our churches who are either unchurched or who are from traditions that don't affirm women in ministry. So I, I would say, you know, to be an ally is not just to know the right answer. It's to be constantly advocating for yeah. it. And I do think you do a good job of that. Um, Thanks. Oh, um, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you do. And, and honestly, and I know that um, 
uh, our children's minister, Terry, and our one of our youth ministers, Abby, I know for all three of us, you know, when you mention it from the stage, it means something. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it just resonates with me. I'm just like, thank you, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need it every single time. Yeah. So I would say that um, for the male pastors out there... <laughs> You, you could probably be talking about it more, mm-hmm. um, and, and we need that. We need you to vocalize for it. We need you to give us opportunities to mm-hmm. lead, um, which, again, I think that you do a good job with. So um, I would just say that to be an ally is an active thing. It's it's not just a state of mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's important, to, uh, being active about it, because mm-hmm. it's very easy for me. I'm not speaking for you, but for me to just be like, yeah, you know I support it, right, you know, right. and, yeah. but if I never actively show it, then, then that's it's a whole different right. thing. So, um, and we had to have some of those conversations. Like Lene filled me in on some of those things when we first started going. Mm-hmm. And I remember her being like, I just need you to, to, to help me in this. And from, she, she's like, I know what you believe. Right. But it, it is helpful from in front of other people to speak about Lene in a certain way yeah. that recognizes the call to ministry that she has. And this past weekend, all three of us being a part of the Church of the Nazarene, we we had this thing called District Assembly, which is something that we have to do every it's year. Just, everyone would love it. Really <laughs> it, where it really L- is fun, Linnae, though. Yeah. Does so much fun. I was sarcastic, Linnae. Yeah. Sarcastic. Oh, no, I was if you love it. meetings and the business <laughs> aspect of the church, which Lene does. It's not just business. <laughs> there were some she, great parts. There were, there were some parts I really liked. But, but the point of District Assembly is for every church in the Church of Nazarene in our district, which is the Mid-Atlantic District, is we mm-hmm. get together and we talk about things and we vote on things. We have a district superintendent and a general superintendent in the Church of Nazarene. And what I've noticed mm-hmm. about both of them, yeah. our district and general superintendent, is that when they were talking about people as a whole, instead of saying men and women, they mm-hmm. would say women and men every yeah, time. Yeah, I noticed, I, that, I noticed too. that too. And I was like, that's awesome. Which and is intentional. Yeah. Intentional. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's just natural for like for me, yeah. especially, I don't know. Is it natural for you to say men and women? Yeah, I mean, I don't even think that's just ministry. Yeah. I think that we tend to just, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, right? right but right. I thought that it was awesome that they were so intentional about encouraging women that they would say women and men, not yeah. men and women. One thing that Michelle, my counteractor pastor, always tells me is that I say a lot that I never notice it. You guys, I, yeah. Hey guys, what's up, guys? Yeah, right. always. I and, do I, that. and I and literally, I have to. I don't. At times, like, I don't, what else do I say? How yeah. else do I say? Because I've said it my whole life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But she always brings up, hey, you say guys a lot. I'm like, oh, you're right, I do. Uh-huh. Hey, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, hey, right. guys and gals. Yeah, I know. That, that's a really one. good example, though, of how our mindsets and our habits are kind of oriented mm-hmm. towards recognizing men and centering men mm-hmm. um, and, and just kind of being made aware and then having to really intentionally reprogram our minds yeah. you know say women and men because that'll catch people right away yeah as we're saying yeah yeah, yeah. And that, that's a really cool thing for sure so but for you being in ministry and preaching mm-hmm. and given the opportunity to to move forward in your call to ministry and you've talked a little bit about how you've seen yourself grow and how you've seen god working but how have you been reaffirmed in your call to ministry through be, being given an opportunity and being supported by a denomination in your call to ministry? Well, I know you guys would agree with me that we're, I mean, I believe hands down we're in the best district in yeah. our denomination. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, I haven't I haven't ministered on any of the other denominations or uh, districts, so sorry <laughs> yeah. uh, to the other uh-huh. districts. But I but really... You suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I said. Lene's words, not Eric's. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone listening, it's not what I said. Um... <laughs> 
but but really what I mean when I say that I mean that as a shout out to our leadership and, and that's not just our current leadership you guys mm-hmm. know that the past district superintendent uh, Dr. Mills mm-hmm. also was a great advocate of women so you know we're really the beneficiaries of amazing visionary leadership mm-hmm. um, which really has done what, what I mentioned earlier on which has been extremely intentional in kind of you know I mean the Church of the Nazarene has ordained women since its inception yeah. in what, 1908? 1908 is when, when the Church of Nazarene okay, started. Right. Yep. So since the very beginning, and yet, I mean, the, the statistics are still, they're rising, but the percentage yeah. of women lead pastors is still pretty low. It's yeah. still very difficult for women mm-hmm. even to be invited or for their resumes to be considered. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, you know, just when I when I meet like when I went in to talk to Pastor Kevin for the first time and I just remember sitting down and being like so I think I want to be a pastor yeah. and Pastor Kevin was just like that is great I, yeah. and I imagine he reacts this way with excitement to anyone but he was just so affirming and I remember telling him like I mean because my background you know I, I've been in churches that do not I remember feeling kind of confused because I remember you know my call to ministry crystallized in my mind when a, a friend of ours said you know in such a stereotypical question uh so what would you do if if nothing could stop you and i knew immediately like yeah i want to serve god in the church um and i remember going to pastor kevin and saying i i, I mean like that's okay right yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he's like absolutely um so just having people who are willing to listen to me listen to my ideas give mm-hmm. me again opportunities to to lead and to expand on my giftings has been extremely affirming yeah yeah that's awesome and and so for you preaching and now you've been in ministry for three years yeah. more, uh, this month yeah this month right for three years and um and you've had your district license which means you interviewed in front of um a board for the church of nazarene for yeah. three years yeah. Yeah. yeah um and so through that process um and from growing and preaching more and more mm-hmm. How have you seen God working in your life now? And can, what is the difference between when you first started to now? <laughs> oh. So I really think that, I don't know, I feel like the growth and the change has been the same uh, on a personal yeah. and a, you know, a pastoral front. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember starting at City on a Hill and I was, let me think about this, I'm 34. So I was 31 years old mm-hmm. at the time. And, you know, I've been a stay-at-home mom since I was 21. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, all right, this is what we train for. Like, yeah. now it's time for me to just kill it every single day. Um, and I remember just really struggling with that. And I mean, because, and you guys know this from ministry, and this is anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like you show up, <laughs> and like every single day I had some example, some incident that I wasn't prepared for, or I wasn't the expert on it. You know, I remember just like nervously texting you every day, like, so how do I handle this? Like, what should I say? What should I do? Um, You know, so the big progression for me and after the first year, which was just such a crash course was, you know, just being able to show up as myself and where I was at. You know, you mentioned preaching specifically. You know, I remember going up there the first time and feeling like, well, I, I, I just got to knock it out of the park. And, you know, I'm not the regular preaching pastor, so I feel that way every time yeah, I yeah. preach. And, you know, definitely, yeah, uh, from talking to other pastors, like you guys talking to mentors, being in yeah. school, you know, just realizing, and, and this is true for anyone, not just someone in ministry, that I can only show up with where I'm at right now. Yeah, I can only show up That's with right. what God has done in my heart and in my life and how he's grown and developed me 
at this particular point. Yeah. Um, so now, you know, I definitely haven't nailed it. I'm, you know, it's not perfect, but I feel like I'm much more comfortable just kind of showing up fully as me. Yeah. yeah on any given good. day, any given week as Pastor Lene or just Lene. That's good. That's good. Well, we're going to, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a quick break and then uh, we're going to kind of reset and uh, we want to dive into some of the theological things when it comes to women in ministry and some of the biblical stances for and against women in yeah, ministry. Because, because there are people that don't believe women should be um, pastors. And I would say most Christians yes. believe that. And I would even say that we do this sometimes too, but it's not because they're anti-women. It's mm-hmm. not because it's just because they, what they believe biblically, and I understand why mm-hmm. they they believe that they just can't doesn't mean that they're not they're worthless. So we do want to talk about that. Yeah. Um. And I know in the past that like when we've talked about women in ministry, um, I know for me personally, I just kind of like written off. If you believe that women can't be pastors, and you're an idiot, it's kind of how I've yeah. treated it, and I don't believe that. So I want to have an actual conversation about it, and yeah. not just. I will say if you're on that side, which which probably a lot of people that are listening are, um. You're going to be hearing from three people that that are on the, the yeah. side of leaving. Well, obviously, yeah. Yes. If you haven't figured that out yet, <laughs> so it's obviously going to be biased a little bit, yeah. right? But we're mm-hmm. we're going to do our best to try to be, um, to to talk about this in a yeah. way where we're actually trying to give you a little bit of credit and try to understand you. And and I future in the future, I would like to have someone that mm-hmm. is on the opposite side of us. So yeah, we can mm-hmm. talk about this a little more. But yeah, so uh, let's take a quick break and then we'll get right into that conversation. Do you think coffee's not supposed to be hot? Just, I'm just being me. By the way, I am recording. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, I'm going to keep all of this. No, no. I just started. But literally, I just want everyone to know, yeah. they tried to drink a sip of coffee that we just made, and she went, oh, it's so hot. Like, what? It is. I could have yeah. made... It was just an observation. I could have made you iced coffee. It's You're the reason why I had to... I, I actually could have. You didn't offer. I know. See, people, you, did people, ask, you did ask the option. Yeah. People like you, Lene, are the reason why it has to say on a cup of McDonald's coffee, caution hot inside. Yeah. I actually... But you no, know, no, no, no. Oh, Those are the people that will sue. Yeah, that's I true. I just whine and complain about it. Yeah. But you know what? I looked up that <laughs> yeah. case because there's that famous case where the, the woman... And um, she deservedly won. Yeah, that's what I um, heard. If too. you look it up, like it, they were brewing it at a temperature that was like unsafe to drink hot. Wow. And so... Um, and then the lids weren't good enough. I don't know, something like that. And she was like an she, elderly She like woman. had like second degree burns yes. or something like you, that. Like if you spill that on you, you're not going to have second degree burns. It's ridiculous. Let's try. <laughs> Let's try. Let's try. Prove it. Anyways, okay. Well, we're you're back. Trying. You can try it out. <laughs> so we're, so we're going to, ha- we're going to have um, some more fun talking about <laughs> ministry. Um, so um, what we wanted to talk about for the rest of this time is uh, kind of some of the biblical yeah. aspects of women in ministry because not only do people believe, like we said, that people believe that women should not be pastors, but the majority of, of mm-hmm. people that would be Christ- that are Christians would say that they don't believe in that. Yeah. Um, if you ever look at certain churches and every female staff is a director, it's mm-hmm. because they're not allowed to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
and so so we're gonna talk about that a little bit again like we said before well oh. the problem is the hard part see if you're on on the side that women should be pastors there are a couple passages throughout scripture that are really hard to get around yeah mm-hmm. so we're gonna talk about those a little bit and we'll talk about why we believe they should be um, pastors and there I will say this um, if you are really trying to figure out the answer to this mm-hmm. this is not the best place <laughs> like <laughs> we'll talk about it but there are theologians who have written yes. essays on this right. so if you really like we're going to talk about what we know and, and what we strongly believe and yeah but um i would really hi- highly recommend you looking up both sides of this mm-hmm. on i there's so many videos on youtube so many articles on this um i actually had trouble finding some articles on our side <laughs> like i found plenty of youtube videos and stuff hmm. on t- mm-hmm. based tell me why they shouldn't but let's read the two verses that are the hardest ones to get around. Yeah. Um, and let's talk about Here, it. Here, Lene, actually, can you read for me 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse you, 34 and you 35? Are, you do not have to do what he says at this point. <laughs> Lene, why, why are you making her read it? Lene, I'm your boss. No, see? <laughs> I'm never, yep, see, there you go. Moved right I'm right going to pass, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yep, pass right back. Wow, women. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Yeah, your so your argument is going to be very valid. <laughs> First Corinthians 14, verse 34 and 35 says this. Women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. If they want to inquire about something, they should ask their own husbands at home. What if they don't have one? For it is a disgrace, or <laughs> it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. I mean, that s- seems clear. Yeah. Honestly, like, how's that? How's that make you feel, Lene? I mean, like I said, there was a time in my life where you know I remember reading that and being like, "Well, dang." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because um, on its surface, you know, it seems pretty straightforward. But, yeah. But that's on its surface. That's not considering the context. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why don't we? Why don't you guys? So, and we talk about that because every everything in scripture, it's super mm-hmm. important to, to always remember this is you have to look at the context, the right. audience, what why it's being written, who is writing it, right? All that is crucial. So much of scripture is abused yeah. and misunderstood because they don't understand right. that. So, Shane, t- tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. um, what you what yeah. you think with this. So, the context of this is this is a, obviously a letter from. Paul to the church in Corinth. And at this time and throughout much of history, women were not given the same opportunity as men to be educated, to learn, to grow, to to have certain experiences. And so because of that, their their knowledge was minimal because they were just never given an opportunity to to experience any sort of education. And then also at this time in the church in Corinth, it was common for men to sit on one side of the of the sanctuary as we would call mm-hmm. it and women to sit on the other side they didn't sit together men and women mm-hmm. so there was a lot of women and what was happening in this church was there were a lot of women who were in the service and they were listening to what was being said and they had questions they didn't understand what was happening and what was actually being communicated so what they would do is they would shout their question across to their husband or to another man on the other side of the sanctuary in the middle of the service. Right. So that would be extremely, you know, at, at disturbing in the middle of a service and people would be really distracted at, at, if somebody is shouting across. If I were preaching, Lene, if you were preaching, Eric, <laughs> whatever, you would, you would be... There it is. It would be confusing, and it would be you'd be like, oh, okay, it's disruptive, disruptive mm-hmm. in the middle of the service. Right. So Paul was writing to this church and was saying, "Hey, hey, 
look, if you got questions, just wait till you get home and and ask your husband. Ask somebody mm-hmm. in privacy instead of in the middle of the service. Yep. Well, I'll give I'll give you one argument uh, for us. Part that you did say is that um, these women were not um, educated. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll, there's another when we talk about First Timothy, we'll talk about this too. But the argument would be that a lot of people that that followed Jesus and became pastors were not educated, but Jesus still used them. Mm-hmm. So how come that argument applies for these women where they should be silent? Because it's pretty harsh. With mm-hmm. this, we're not just saying like it says, "Hey, go ask your husbands." It's saying you should are not permitted to talk. You need to submit, um, mm-hmm. just because they're uneducated and because they're on the other side of the room. Yeah. Do you want to answer it? Well, I was just going to comment that I mean the 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 amount of education the women had isn't isn't the foundation of the mm-hmm. argument. You know, it's just kind mm-hmm. of a, a complimentary note, yeah. like, hey, these women they they just didn't know. They mm-hmm. didn't know. They had questions. So if anything, that's a compliment to them. Yeah, that they were like, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is this is exciting. I want to mm-hmm. understand what's going on and what's being you know discussed. Yeah. Um. You know. So it's not so much about the education that they did or did not have. You know. And whether, because what you're talking about, right, when people talk about, well, you know, Jesus called uneducated men. Called fishermen. Right, right. I mean, we're talking about, you know, whether or not they were educated and and thus served. Mm -hmm. We're talking about a very specific situation Mm -hmm. in a very specific church in a city. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so in uh, in the Second Timothy passage, um, and not not as much in the in the Corinthian passage, but in Second Timothy passage, which you know I'm going to hold that till we get to it. But I I, I want to answer that question that that you just asked, Eric. Once yep. we talk about Second Timothy, but in this uh, in particular, it just says women should remain silent in the churches. They are not allowed to speak, but must be in submission, as the law says. Mm-hmm. And what it's referring to is when it says men and women, right? And women submit to your to your or. Wives submit to your husbands, husbands submit to your wives. Mm-hmm. And so it's going back to that passage and referring yeah. to that. And we've talked about that passage in particular mm-hmm. uh, before, but I'll just reiterate it. The word submit, when it says wives submit to your husbands, um, in the original Greek, there is no verb there. If if you translate it to English straight from what it says, it says wives to your husbands as, as to the Lord. Um, and the, that word is taken from the verse before it, which says, submit to one another. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, That was a Greek way that they wrote things. So that why submit to your husband, it's not actually found there. It's found in the verse before it where it says they should be submitting to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think it's also very important that we understand it's, it's hard to read these things because we understand how women are in our culture. Right. Mm-hmm. Back then, like women are, are as good as cattle. Mm-hmm. Like they are, they they were, were used as currency <clears throat> that, in a lot of ways. They were right. nothing. So um, this is all being written in a time where women would, of course, not be leaders because they are barely people. Yeah. So it's it's hard to read that in our context, even though we aren't where we need to be when it comes to equality with that. But we, it's still a lot better than what this is. So right. it's hard to read it with, with that in mind. But let's go to the, unless you have First Timothy, else. No, no. First Timothy 2 is the main one that I want to talk about because this is the one that is really used when it comes to women pastors and, and women teachers. So First Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 15, it says, Therefore I want the men everywhere to pray, lifting up holy hands without anger or disputing. I also want the women to dress modestly with decency and propriety, adorning themselves, not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for, for women who profess to worship God. A woman, this is, the, this is the big part right here, a woman should learn in quietness and full submission. 
I do not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not the one deceived. It was the woman who was deceived and became a sinner. But women will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, love, and holiness with propriety. So that one's pretty... That says... Because the one mm-hmm. one part says... Um, women... That, yeah, good. Read... Uh, women should learn in quietness and full submission. I do yes. not permit a woman to teach or to assume authority over a man. She must be quiet. So Paul says, yeah. I do not permit a woman to be over a man. Mm-hmm. That's This is Paul we're talking about. So... Um, what would be some of the arguments against that? Against that, yeah. So the word, uh, the interesting thing here about permit, um, he doesn't say I never permit, but instead what he says I am not permitting. And the Greek verb here that is used, translated as permit, is meant to be a temporary word, not a permanent word. So he isn't saying women are never allowed to do this. He's saying currently mm-hmm. in this situation. In this moment, for this group of people, for this audience, uh, I am not currently permitting women to assume authority over men. And because he's writing to Timothy, this is a letter from Paul to Timothy, and Timothy was a pastor of a church in Ephesus. And Ephesus was made up of a lot of new believers from a pagan religion where, and if you notice how that passage starts off by talking about what women can wear and how they must dress modestly, it's because they were coming from a pagan religion where women did not dress modestly, where women did not dress in appropriate ways. Mm-hmm. And instead, and, they, and there were a lot of uh, sexual things happening in these pagan religions. Yeah, and now, that's the way you would worship. Right. And now they were converted to Christianity, but they were new to it. Yeah. They, they were bringing some of their old practices into this new practice. And in that pagan religion... There were a lot of women who were the leaders of that religion. So they were coming in and trying to assume authority over men and over other people when they weren't prepared or ready to do this. Does that make sense? Yeah. Anything to add, Lene, to that? I mean, that was pretty um, good. <laughs> good good response. <laughs> I'm going to read um, just a little bit of from S- SBC Life. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what SBC, but I assume it's uh, Southern Baptist correlation or church or something like that either way um so here's one thing they said about uh first timothy 12 uh which states i do not permit a woman to teach or to have authority over a man this verse is introduced by a statement that women should learn in silence and it is followed by the statement that she must be silent mm-hmm. the word silence means being possessed by a calmness of spirit and peaceful disposition it is set as the opposite to teaching and having authority over a man Paul does not expect that women will not or cannot learn or teach. Uh, He states that they cannot teach or have authority over men. Thus, they cannot have a pastoral position or perform the pastoral function, for that puts them in in authority over men. So that's some of the things they said. And here's um, kind of some of their big arguments. And here's basically to me, I think what's, what's crucial to understand is if you read, especially 1 Timothy, for example, yeah, you read that and... Even with looking at the context, you say, "I still think it's. I still think the Bible is saying that um, that men should be uh, have authority over women." Um, if because we believe in the Bible, we believe in in its trueness, and so if if that's what you believe, then I get it. I get why you would go to the route that you do because you have to say, "Well, this is what the Bible says." We believe that it's not actually saying that, but here's what um, they would say. Um, uh, here's some some observations. Number one. There is no known women pastors in the New Testament. There are women leaders, 
but there are no known women pastors in the New Testament. Yeah, I do. I disagree with that. Um, pastors? Yeah, because pastors weren't weren't a thing then. They were elders and deacons. And there are there are uh, examples of women elders and women deacons in the church. So number two, none given of, by Paul in the in, in the book of Romans. Sorry, number two, none of the instructions regarding church order include instructions for women pastors. Mm-hmm. And three, some texts on church order explicitly forbid women to occupy that role, mm-hmm. which is some of the things we talked about. Yeah. So that's kind of the big. To me, the biggest arguments is. There's you can't point to an example of look women can be pastors. You can point to a lot of examples of women being leaders and God using women. And there and the other side w- are not saying that women can't be used. Mm-hmm. They're just saying that there's no example of of women being elders or and or instructions on how they can be elders. But there's many instructions on how men can be elders, and there's instructions on why women should not be elders for those examples being included. Mm-hmm. I'm just giving you yeah. what I've understood from the other side of it. So it's, they're not saying that men and women are not equal. They are not saying that um, that women aren't allowed to to teach and aren't allowed to do certain things. Um, they're just saying that there's they don't see any evidence that they are allowed to be pastors um, and mm-hmm. because there are certain verses that seem to clearly say that they can't be. Mm-hmm. So that's just I'm just giving you yep, yep. not the side I believe. I'm just giving I'm trying my best to give the best yeah. version of my of that side. Here's just some things I, I will add on and then you guys can add on um, as well. But uh, you have to look at all of scripture and I do believe that there are, are things that we can work around with those with the context like, like we've talked about and I agree with those things. But you also have to look at what the rest of the Bible says. Mm-hmm. And I don't see any evidence throughout the rest of, of scripture that makes it seem like women aren't allowed to teach, aren't allowed to to preach. Besides those two passages in a culture where women were weren't treated very fairly, almost every time everything I read talks I mean we talk we've we've talked about Acts before that men and women will preach. Uh, Here's that exact verse. It says in the last days, this is Acts chapter two, verses seventeen through nineteen, and this is at Pentecost. In the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. There's so many examples of not only Jesus permitting women to do things, but elevating women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many examples of that. There's so many examples of God using women, of God allowing women to teach men. There's examples of that in, mm-hmm. in Scripture, in the New Testament as well. Um, and with there's there's so many other things. So it's not just one, it's not two verses mm-hmm. that say, well, those two verses explain those. We get around. There's also other verses that sure imply, and when you read into it, sure imply that um, why wouldn't women be able to, to use the fullness of mm-hmm. the Spirit that God has given them mm-hmm. So you're saying that that God's going to anoint both men and women with the Spirit, but the women have a cap on what they can do with it, and men don't. Yeah. So the women's cap is, well, you can't be an elder, mm-hmm. um, even though you've been anointed the same way as men have with the Spirit. So your cap with the Spirit is elder, but men it's not, because in this time, um, you had to submit. Yeah. I want to give Lene an opportunity to respond. <laughs> yeah, we've been, we've been talking, talking a, a lot. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know... I mean, I think it's a good point to make, um, and you you kind of alluded to this earlier, Shane, that it's easy if you're on the side of, you know, like women can be pastors to demonize the other side. And obviously there are a lot of very sincere, godly people who spend a lot of time studying the scripture, and and that's where they come down on it, you know, after they've done their own study and prayer and discernment. And I think that once you 
um, you know, take that time to do that study and that discernment, you know, that, and you touched on this, Eric, is to kind of look at the overall trajectory Mm -hmm. of the New Testament, you know, um, Again, we can kind of, we read this in our own time and place, and we have our own takeaways from it, and, and yet to consider the context, which is crucial and important, I would mm-hmm. argue. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and then to consider that trajectory, right? Because the kingdom is coming, but the kingdom is also already here. Yeah. You know, and it cons- to consider, you know, the things that that are still unfolding. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, right? We're talking about the Middle East at this yeah, time. Yeah, We're yeah. talking about a very different time and place. And and Jesus kind of, I just kind of imagine him just sort of like st- starting some little fires. Yeah. And then he ascends and goes back to sit at the right hand of the Father. You know. And yeah. and here we are now. Yeah. All this all this time later. I mean, you know, if you're talking about what Paul says in what Galatians three that there's no slave or free person, there's no male or female, there's yeah. no Greek or Jew. And again, like if we want to talk about even what slavery was like at that time, as yeah. opposed to okay. now, where it may be universally understood that slavery is wrong, mm-hmm. although it still exists, of course, in, in certain ways, mm-hmm. in certain cultures. You know, so to take a look at that trajectory, that kingdom trajectory that Jesus set off, um, to have shown him himself first to a woman yeah mm-hmm. you know yeah. to 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 that that was how he chose to start that awareness mm-hmm. i did actually come back exactly as i said i would mm-hmm. and the very first person i'm going to tell is a woman yeah who wouldn't even have a voice in court who has no mm-hmm. rights or place in society was intentional yeah yeah that those are those are really good points and i want to respond to some of the things that that you brought up eric about there aren't a lot of examples of of women who have mm-hmm. had that opportunity. That's just, it's just not true. No, I didn't say that. Uh, my, I said that women elders or pastors, there's plenty of women leaders. No, that's, it's not I, true. Okay, go ahead. Women, women deacons in the church. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the examples are, so when the early church started in the New Testament, they, they met in the homes of people. That's how it's, it, it got going. It was a very organic thing that was right. just getting going. It wasn't like in temples, but they were still churches. Mm-hmm. It doesn't change the fact that they were churches. And some of those small gatherings in the early church were led by women such as Priscilla and Aquila. Yep. Aquila, Aquila, I don't know how you say that right. Um, uh, Phoebe is also mentioned as a deacon mm-hmm. in the church in Romans 16. Chloe, Nympha, and Lydia are some other women leaders. And Junia is also mm-hmm. listed as an apostle in right. Romans 16. So there are examples. And Romans is written by who? Paul. Paul. Who also wrote Corinthians, who also wrote 1 Timothy, right. 2 Timothy. So that what that says to me is this, that Paul was writing to a specific example in, in the church in Corinth and a specific example to Timothy who was leading the church in Ephesus. Right. Based on? Based on the culture, based yeah. on the history, based on the context, and based on the people who were in that environment. And you can infer that because... There are other examples written from from Paul of of churches at, to to the church in Rome and talking about the early church in the Book of Acts mm-hmm. of women who were leading churches. Right. Yeah. There are examples of that in the Bible. So whenever somebody says that there aren't, it's just simply not true because there are plenty of examples. Right. And um, the fact that they were leading in any capacity itself is, is a message to us. Yeah. In our time yep. and place. Yeah. And you can go back to Deborah in the Old Testament. I right. know that she wasn't a pastor yeah. or, or a deacon, but she was a leader of the Israelite army, and they often worked in both roles in that time. Mm-hmm. If you were someone who was leading the an army in the Old Testament, you also were leading them not just in the battle, yeah. but in their spirituality, right. in their relationships, in their family. You you assumed a pastoral role. Right. Um, I w- Here's what uh, the church, since we're part of the church, I, was reading, I looked up. 
um, what they said and mm-hmm. what kind of they say on it. And it's really quick. I mean, they don't go too deep into explaining certain things, but it says, we believe interpreting these passages and these passages are talking about is first Timothy two and first Corinthians 14, what we've already talked about. We believe that interpreting these passages as limiting the role of women in ministry presents a serious presents serious conflicts with specific passages of scripture that commend female participation in spiritual leadership roles. Here's examples. Joel 2, 28-29, Acts 2, 17-18, 21, uh, 8-9, and Romans 16, 1, 3, and 7, which we talked about some of those. Oh, Philippians 4, 2-3. Mm-hmm. And violates the spiritual the spirit and practice of the Wesleyan holiness tradition, which is where we come from. Finally, it is incompatible with the character of God presented through scripture, especially as revealed in the person of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. So when you look at how Jesus interacts with mm-hmm. women and how right. we treated women and how we right. elevated women, it sure doesn't seem to make sense that, yeah. that now they should submit when women were brought up to it. It's an extremely high level yeah. when it came um, to, to Jesus. And another thing to add, um, and then we can start wrapping this up. Um, the church in China, you know, the church in China is booming. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who is really um, the the main gender that has made the, the church driving in China? force? Yeah, two thirds of pastors in China are women. Wow. Yeah. So I I I heard that today when I was doing some research, um, and uh, yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So so. The other thing that, that, that we could add to, and, and I, I can say this um, about women pastors and, and about Lene, is that if you think that women aren't cut out to be women pastors, come and, come and listen to Lene preach. I know, <laughs> but, that, but that's not the argument. I know. I, I, agree with that. I agree that it's not. But I'm telling you, it's, it, it's so hard when you see somebody who is in their call to ministry doing what God has called them to do. Yeah. When you see that, it does change perspective. Yeah. When you I, see somebody who does it the way that they're supposed to do and it. I think I, what I found most people that are on the side of women shall be pastors mm-hmm. believe it and struggle with it. Yeah. Because because they've seen amazing women pastors. They've seen women do do amazing things for, for the church. But then they see these verses mm-hmm. and they can't get around these verses. Mm-hmm. So they go, I got to pick. And I'll even say, we talked about this a little beforehand, but it's, it's like we struggle with the homosexuality topic because... Mm-hmm. Um, we know people, yeah. but then we read scripture and we can't get around those. And I think the way we struggle with that is how some people struggle with women in ministry. Like I, I hear it. I, I, I understand, but these verses say this and yeah. I can't get around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and there are many scholars that, that say these verses still point to women shouldn't be pastors. Right. Um, and, and there's, there's so many theologians that debate this because mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think most, I'm not gonna say most. I think a lot of people, especially maybe more our age, are don't like these passages. Um, if you like these passages, then that's yeah, that's like, a whole oh, other yeah, perfect. Yeah, good <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. That's that's just some of the, my thoughts with. Yeah. And but I don't really know. I don't know. Yeah. Lene, do you want to add anything? I know that this is. <laughs> this is a lot. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just listening. Just, just as just as we're closing, I didn't know yeah. if there was anything. You well, you know, to. I mean, what you said about China, I've heard that. That is very true of many nations in mm-hmm. Africa as well, mm-hmm. uh, where there are that's who's responding to the call. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's not I can say for myself and, you know, I'm in a group with a couple thousand uh, Nazarene women clergy on Facebook, you know, that our heart and our desire is just like our male counterparts, which is just to proclaim Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, so. 
But, you know, in that group on Facebook, you know, we, we share a lot of our struggles, you know, just, I mean, even just like ministry tips mm-hmm. with each other. But, um, you know, there, there's a lot of stories of resistance that a lot of women pastors deal with. And I'm, I'm very blessed in that my struggles and challenges have been pretty minimal, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, across the board. And yet there are also stories, and you were talking about how people wrestle with it. You know, yeah. I have a friend who, um, I mean, you want to talk about someone coming after you just actively went after her. I mean, mm. was talking to her, her lead pastor, her district superintendent, sending her letters, you wow. know, to her home, um, you know, and, and this went on for a while, like I want to say a couple months. Wow. Um, and then, you know, he came up to her after these few months, you know, and she had preached several times over that time period. And he, he was just, it's like, I cannot, and what you said, Shane, he said, I cannot deny the call of God. Yeah. Uh, on your life, I cannot deny that God is speaking to me when I listen to you, and and that's not a credit to her; that's a credit to God. Yeah, that's right. You know, that's so good. you know, I would just say, you know, for anyone who's out there wrestling with it, is just mm-hmm. considering, you know, uh, you know, there, there's all the theological stuff, you know, that I would absolutely encourage. I would never want anyone to take up affirming women in ministry just for the heck of it. Yeah, just because mm-hmm. it sounds good and or, and really our culture and yes, and it yeah. lines up with our it's cultural trendy. values. <laughs> like you know, we are people of the word. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you can't back it up in here, yeah, then <laughs> I mean, you're you're just you're not helping yourself. Yeah. Or anyone else. Um. But you know, just considering you know, like the re- lack of representation, and not just for women. Mm-hmm. You know, for all sorts of marginalized people. Yeah. Um. You know, we seek to see Christ proclaimed, yeah. and and that is really at the heart of why women want to serve. Yeah. Just be allowed to do that, like our male counterparts. That's awesome. That's good. Yeah, but it's not talk about this anymore because that was a great. That was a <laughs> mic drop moment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can, I right. just, can I drop this yeah, one drop right it, here? Drop it. No, don't, <laughs> don't drop. Don't drop. It's expensive. <laughs> and that's why. Lene is a driving force behind everything a city on a hill. So we'll just say this as we close. Um, whatever things that we said wrong, like if you're listening and you are on the opposite side of this, yeah. and we tried to give from people that don't agree with it, yeah. we try to give your side of it as much. Whatever stuff we got wrong, because I know there's things that I'm mm-hmm. sure I got wrong. There's certain things that what we said, there's people listening go, no, I, we want to hear it because we're trying to learn and grow. We're trying yeah. to figure out what we truly believe too. So I would encourage you to send us emails, messages. We want to hear it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of ways you can do that. You can go to our Mm -hmm. Facebook page. You can go to our Twitter. You can go to our Instagram. All all this is on our show notes. You can go to our website, nymchristianpodcast.com. You can go to contact there. It will go to me. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'll send it to Shane because he didn't check that stuff for some reason. (laughs) Um, There are a lot of different ways you can can, can contact us. Shane, is there any other way they could contact us? Oh, yeah. Simple. Easy. Easy. Go hiking out in the woods, maybe on a mountain. And then all you got to do is find a moose. Make sure it's a lady moose. Because she's just as capable of doing this as anybody else. You take your question, you tape it onto the back of the lady moose, slap its butt, send it away. We'll get it You're, easy. You can't slap a lady moose. <laughs> so now we're going to segue to talking about consent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just, just hand it to the moose, and if the moose... Yes. Feel so inclined. Yes. Lene, I know, Lene, I know that you don't make it to the end of our show many times <laughs> listening to it, but every time that we do this, it always ends with slapping it in the butt and sending it our way. So it's not just because it's a lady moose. It would be sexist, actually, if you didn't slap Correct. it. Correct. You're welcome, ladies. Oh Bring it on home, you guys. All right, I, Lene, I can't thank be a part of this anymore. Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, 
go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.